God is so good to us. I'm thankful that uh, it's not 20 below zero right now, and it's just kind of today was, I was looking at all the snow, and it's like, Lord, help us. I know there's going to be ice, but I'm kind of glad to see a little bit of it's going away. Amen. Let's keep the, the Glovers in our prayers as they travel and are out of state. Um, let's go right into the Word of God here tonight. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 10. Isaiah 61 verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. You may be seated tonight. There's a phrase there that really kind of caught my attention because I've been thinking about the intangible things that God gives us. You know, not just, you know, health, wealth, and happiness and all of that, but the things that we can't necessarily see that God gives us. And that phrase, garments of salvation, really stuck with me. Because as we know, salvation is just the beginning. It's just the beginning of where God wants to bring us. And here, Isaiah, he's talking about, I delight greatly in the Lord. There are things that God has for us and that he wants to take us into that we don't necessarily see right away. But as we get to spend some time with him, as we get to explore this this relationship that he wants to have with us, the more we can start to see all the blessings and benefits that he has. And it's not always things like, you know, a, a feeling of great happiness all the time or... You've got uh, an overflowing bank account. I don't know how that would happen today, but an overflowing bank account. And here, <clears throat> he is, he's talking about, he's clothed me with garments of salvation. Um, and over the last week or so, um, well, before, I guess it was Saturday, I didn't know I was speaking. <laughs> um, but the Lord was kind of just showing me things that he brings to our life that we don't necessarily reach out and touch. Like, for instance, the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord isn't always a feeling of overwhelming happiness, right? It's more of an understanding and a contentment of knowing who God is and that he is on our side, that he cares greatly for us. And so here we're going to be going through some scriptures and some, some ideas tonight that God has for us. He has these garments of salvation that he wishes to give us, these things that he wishes to bless us with. And as we all know, the devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But if we know what God has given us and we're mindful of it, he can't, he can't touch us. So we're going to go into <clears throat> some different scriptures here tonight. But as we know, salvation is a, is a reason for great joy 
and celebration, right? It just, it feels so good. When all of our sins are just washed away, I, I don't know how old I was when I got baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, I, was a, I was a little older. I think I got the Holy Ghost when I was 12 or so. But all I remember about being baptized is I wasn't terribly excited about the idea. <laughs> all I knew is that if I wanted, if I wanted to be with Jesus, I, this is what I needed. This is what his word said to do. And so I think it was sometime in February, and we didn't have a, a nice heated baptismal, okay? That water was cold. It wasn't frozen over, but it, was, it felt so cold, and I, I just, I remember the, the pastor, and my parents wanted to pray with me for a little while in that baptismal tank, because I hadn't gotten the Holy Ghost, and I was like, no, get me out of here. <laughs> but I understood that there was more that the Lord had. And it's not just a temporary feeling that we get when we're saved, but an understanding of who God is. It's an understanding that He has the more for us like Pastor always talks about. Colossians chapter 3, <clears throat> verses, we'll start in verse 10. And it says, and, having, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So we're going into something new here when we're walking with the Lord. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. I thought that was very interesting because in that, in that point, the world was very segregated among their their ethnic groups, and we can still see part of that today. But yet they were, they were very separated. <clears throat> and yet here he's addressing the issue that it doesn't matter what your background is. When you come to the Lord, everything changes. See, we may come from different backgrounds and cultures, but when we follow after God, we go from of all nations to one body of believers. We, go, we put on Christ, leaving the old self, old cultures, and systems to something new with the help of the Holy Ghost. And I know this seems, maybe this is something we've all thought about before. But here, in the next verse, he says, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Mm. How many of these things just come naturally? Not, not, not too many for myself, okay? I'll just put, it, I'll, I'll put that on me, okay? But here, with the Lord's help, we start to see a change in our life. And that doesn't, that doesn't stop after, you know, a couple months or a couple of years or a couple of decades or whatever it is. But it's ongoing. And it's time and again He shows us His love. Time and again, he shows us his mercies. And it's not just us putting that on God, but it is us receiving that and it becoming a part of us, a part of our character, a part of how we deal with the world and with one another. Verse 13 says, Forbearing one another, forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, he says, you're supposed to do the same. We are supposed to do the same. 
There's one letter. I <laughs> am supposed to do the same, right? And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of purpose, of perfectness. So elsewhere in the Bible, it talks about how we are known as the people of God, and it isn't by what we say, but how we love and care for our brothers and sisters, right? And so that charity there is another word for the love that we're supposed to show. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which you are also called in one body. There's that word, one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. I'm thankful for um, our, our time of worship and our time of music where we can come together and just lift up the name of the Lord. Worship Him for who He is. Not just for what He has done in our life, not for what He is able to do in our life. We're thankful for that, yes, but for who He is. Because time and again, as, as we spend time in prayer and time in, in reading the Word of God, we can see a little bit more. The, the, the words on the page just seem to jump out to me from time to time to where I'm like, oh, yes, God is like this. God has done this in someone else's life, in, um, in my life. And we can start to see that it's, it's not just words on a page or something that happened to someone long ago. It is, the Word of God is true when He says, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same today. And so verse 16 and 17, they say, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. There's an adding to us that the word of God can do. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. So we're to put off old, we're put on new, and to grow in the new. I, <clears throat> um, Becca and Amelia and Lily made cookies yesterday. And if we <laughs> eat too many of those cookies, and we brought some tonight, um, we're going to put on some new weight, right? Um, <laughs> I don't necessarily need that, right? But there are good things that God can give us and add to us. And the peace of God can be present even in conflict or bad situations. Here in Scripture, we can see time and again how the situation that they were living in was not always peaceful. It was not always a, a place where... You know, society was all calm and ironed out and <clears throat> everybody uh, followed the rules of the land. No, there is often conflict and there is often persecution. But in Psalm 51 verse 12, it says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. God, I need, I need you in all situations. Not just the rough times, when, even when everything is going good, Everything is smooth. I need you, God, to sustain me. Nehemiah 8.10, Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
there are times when we just need to rely on the Lord. When that's, that's, that's the only solution that we can seem to find or, or see. The joy of the Lord can be my strength. Again, that's not just simply a, a feel-good feeling, but it's an understanding that God has my best interest at heart. What I've noticed, and I've heard it said, that you know, God doesn't always change the situation, but he changes me in that situation. I thought that was very, very, that, well, it's very impactful in my life. So salvation can restore our joy, a joy that is constant and sustaining. The joy found in the Lord is our strength, enabling us to face life's challenges. Because regardless of who you are, what situation you were born into, or background, or having plenty or not having enough, we all face challenges. I, I <clears throat> thought it was amazing that the demographics of the rich, there's, the suicide rate is much, much higher than it is when people don't have enough. And you'd think that people that have everything they could ever imagine or want or need would be content. But we all face challenges. There, yet there is hope in salvation. Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The God of hope. We have a God of hope. We have a God that can give us peace when... Well, we just don't feel <laughs> much of any kind of peace. But yet we can go to the Lord and He can calm our spirit. Um, spoke to the youth here, I think it was last week, and we were talking about David and Saul, <coughs> how God had anointed David to be king in place of Saul because Saul had given up on some things. He had given up on his relationship with God and decided he wanted to do things for himself rather than rely on the Lord. And David wasn't that way. And how when David was anointed, that um, there was an evil spirit that came upon Saul and troubled him. Right? And it wasn't pleasant. I can't. I mean, it's an evil spirit. What do you, what do you expect, really? But... <coughs> His, the advice that he was given, that Saul was given, was find somebody that can play well, sing well, but is full of the Spirit of God. And that was the recommendation that came for David, was that he was not just skillful, but that the Lord was with him. And so many times, um, people can see that the Lord is with you. People can see that something is different, that there is a peace about someone when they spend time with the Lord. There is a, a, there's a, a, a joy that just kind of radiates out of you. <laughs> Growing up, we had this beautiful little porcelain stove that uh, was very nice on the outside, was just straight up and down, about so high. And when it got really warm, you could just feel the heat just radiating off of it. And as you know, as we know here in Alaska, a stove can just change everything, right? It's necessary. 
but that stove can change the whole atmosphere of a place from going from cold and miserable to all of a sudden it's warm and cheery and everything is wonderful. Well, I kind of imagine that sometimes we're like that stove. When we walk into a cold place, and all of a sudden the warmth of the joy of the Lord and the peace of God just radiates right off of us. And it changes the atmosphere of where we are. Whenever I'm feeling like, God, something's not right here, would you please just step in and begin to worship and we begin to praise Him. Even in here in this place, we can start to feel as things change when we worship the Lord, when we exalt Him. <clears throat> Scripture says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. I don't like looking at the news. I, I really don't. Because there's, there's one thing that sells really well, and that is fear. And when everything is going on, we don't have answers, whether the economy, the people are saying it's going to crash, or war is coming, or conflicts are overseas, and, you know, may or may not get involved, and yet we can see we have a hope that is an anchor for our soul. It is secure. It's not, it's not wavering about with the politics. It's not wavering about with situations changing. It is true. See, trusting in God fills us with joy and peace, leading to overflowing hope and joy. I like that personally, overflowing with hope and joy. You ever see something that is just overflowing, a fountain, something that's beautiful, a waterfall that naturally just fills a place and it kind of just overflowing? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 2. Why don't we go there together? 2 Corinthians 5, verse 2. excuse me, 21, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We know that Jesus Christ paid the price for us, for our sin, so that we could become like him. I, I, that constantly boggles my mind how the Lord would care for us so much that He would give Himself. And not simply so that we could be free from sin, not have to pay the price, but so that we could be with Him. We know that the Lord, He is holy, He is pure, can't be around things that aren't, people that aren't. And so when we have this opportunity to come to Him and be like Him, that is a precious, precious thing. As, as kids, we look forward to Christmas and birthdays and all these things where we could receive presents, items, have opportunity to have big meals and spend time with people we maybe don't spend time with too much, outside family, <coughs> extended family. But here, in the body of Christ, we have opportunity for so much more. 
to see, to receive so much more. And for me, church is not simply um, some place where I just have to show up, go through the motions, do different things, and then you know call it good for the day or for the week or however long. It's an opportunity to have my soul fed. Not just you know in my own prayer time and study and whatnot, but to come together with like-minded people. There was, <clears throat> um, I was talking with someone uh, months ago, and it was like, you know, sometimes we can be a blessing just by showing up. And when I come and when I see all of you, I get blessed. I get blessed. We don't necessarily have to talk or anything like that. But I get blessed just by seeing other people that are glad to be here, that are glad that they're serving a God who cares for them, and that cares for others. And I'm just so thankful for that. Philippians 3, verse 9 It says, And be found in him, not having righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. A different version says, but that, which come, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. There's... There's this verse, Romans 4, verse 3, it says, For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. That base of faith, that righteousness that is given to us. Um, Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. That believed, I don't think is just, you know, God. that Abraham had it in his mind that God is able, God is God, and God is able to come through, but I think that he lived it. He lived as though the promises of God were already on their way. And all he had to do was step into them. See, the the book of James, it talks a lot about the, the relationship between faith and action, faith and works. <clears throat> um, but faith, we, we can't be saved by action, right? By the things that we do. We can't be good enough. Um, Mother Teresa was, was um, celebrated as doing all these wonderful things for people and everything, yet that's not what is going to get us to heaven. Our, our, our actions are a result of what we believe. Yes, if we believe something, we all came here tonight, um, got here by vehicle mostly. Um, well, we believe that that vehicle could run, right? I believe that that vehicle could get us here. Now, I know this has been said time and again. Sometimes it requires a little more faith to turn that key um, in certain vehicles. But we all believe that. But our faith brought us here, and our actions were a part of that. Through Christ, we are made righteous, not simply by our deeds, but by faith. When we believe in something, it will be evidenced by our actions. We'll follow through on what we believe, in other words. If we believe that the Bible is the word of God, we're going to obey it. We're going to be baptized in Jesus' name. We're going to receive that gift 
from God, the Holy Ghost. Actions are a result of faith. And, and here's what I, I find interesting, is we can act on something even when we don't feel anything, right? Um, I think it was Brother Wagner the other day we were <clears throat> at a service and he was uh, talking about Christmas for Christ and he, he was kind of giving a, an example of this lady that had uh, a withered hand <clears throat> and uh, they're at this place where there's a bunch of people around, people that didn't normally come to church and everything and they're hearing about all the wonderful things that God had done and that God was able to do and so this lady that hadn't barely been around church at all, she grabbed this lady with the withered hand. She came up to Brother Wagner and was like, let's pray. <laughs> Brother Wagner was like, man, I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel any kind of faith. He says, and you know, I was kind of praying this, this prayer like, God, please touch. And he was trying to, you know, be, uh, he, he, he told this story. Um, of how he was trying to be a little bit more flowery, flowery and just kind of eloquent. And he prayed a prayer, and all of a sudden this lady's hand, and he didn't feel anything, he said. And all of a sudden this lady's hand was made whole just like her other hand. And he says it happened right in front of him when he wasn't even feeling anything. But he was asked to pray, and so he prayed. And God acted. God moved, because that's who God is. And when we follow through on our part, He follows through on His, regardless of how we feel, regardless of what the situation is. And here we were talking about our righteousness as a gift from God, received through faith in Christ, or unmerited favor. Even when we don't feel anything, we can believe God is God, and that He will follow through if we follow through on what we have been asked to do. There is peace as a garment. <clears throat> John 14, verse 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. When we don't feel peace, when we don't have peace, we can receive peace from God. My peace I give you, do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Can you imagine what it was like to be one of those disciples in the boat that was growing across the waters and this great big huge storm is going up and Jesus is in that boat with the disciples and he's just asleep. He's straight passed out. He's exhausted, tired. And this great storm, I, I don't know how many storms are not soaking you through on a ship. Um, I don't know how he was asleep, honestly. But he was asleep. And he was at peace. And the disciples were the ones that woke him up and was like, you know, hey, <laughs> this is going on. Don't do, what are you, you going to do about it, really? And he just says, peace be still. And the wind and the waves and the whole circumstance was changed. And when it says God imparts his peace to us, Regardless of how big the storm is, they have to obey the word of the Lord. And I'm so thankful that he can give us peace <clears throat> that passes understanding. 
It's like unlike anything else that is found in this world. And it can guard our heart and our mind. And that's a pretty big deal in today's world. And I can't imagine it was really any less, uh, let's say, back in the day. right? But today there's so much access to information, so much going on that we can be aware of that we can kind of get overwhelmed, right? And it can kind of just overwhelm us, all these, these bombardments of all the news and everything that's going on. And yet here, it's saying the peace of God can guard our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. This is something that the Lord adds to us, that we can have, that we have access to. We can be clothed in strength and dignity. Proverbs 31, 25 says, She'll clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. Then Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God and everything that we can put on to guard us, to help us to succeed in today's world. That's pretty incredible. The Lord gives us access to all of this. We can be equipped with the armor of God and we can be equipped for the spiritual battles and challenges. See, not everything we come up against is, is a battle arrayed before us. We know that the weapons that we're facing, the, the, the ploys that the enemy is going to try to deploy, the tactics and everything that's going on. Well, today's world, we don't always know what's going to happen. We don't always know the, the route that the devil's going to try and take, right? But we can know that the Lord has prepared us, that he can guard us. <clears throat> Love. Colossians 3, verse 14, And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. That's a, it's a different translation here. <clears throat> Put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Before service, Thomas and I were, were talking a little bit about the unity that we can have as the body of Christ. And when we're, when we're in our place, when we're doing what God has orchestrated us to do, we're caring for one another, then things can just flow out from the heavens. They can flow out and be delivered to the people that need them at that time. <clears throat> Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving meal. It's a wonderful time usually, and everything is cooked so well, and there's so much that is available. But that Thanksgiving meal isn't going to last us too terribly long before we're going to need another meal and another instance where we come together and, and get fed. And the way I see us coming together here in service is time and again. We may not always remember the, the meal, what was prepared, the sermon, but we can know that we were fed. And the Lord knows exactly what each of us has need of at any given time. And this love that binds us together, we may not know exactly what our brother or sister needs at that moment, but we can know that the Lord does, and we can pray. That's part of why we have our, our prayer services. That's part of why we bring needs before the Lord, these prayer requests. 
these times of prayer where we can care for one another. We don't always have to know exactly what someone else is facing to care or to, or to pray for someone. And I think that's part of what makes us so special, this time together. Years ago, um, I came to this church. I was uh, nobody, and yet I'm thankful for the love that was shown to me here and that has continued to show, be shown. And this love that we're talking about here in Colossians 3, <clears throat> I'm thankful for a body of believers that believes in the Word of God. And here's, the, here's the, the real part, is that acts it out as well. And I'm so thankful for that. And I'm so thankful for all the things that God gives us, these garments of salvation, and so the last point um, we're going to make here tonight is love is the ultimate garment that binds all other virtues together. Scripture tells us that without love, if we add all these wonderful things, these gifts, and these, these precious moments together, unless we have love and show it, <laughs> I'm not always good at showing it, but unless we have love that binds it together, <clears throat> what good is it? That's what Scripture says. So in closing, if we'll all stand together, let us remember that there is more that God has for us. Salvation transforms us, clothes us with joy, hope, righteousness, peace, strength, dignity, and love. And daily wearing these garments or aspects of what God has for us impacts our lives, not just our lives, but those around us. We want to know how to change the world around us. It starts with us. It starts with us accepting that responsibility and following through on what God gives us. It doesn't have to be some huge momentum or huge mountain that we had climb. But it's just that daily walking with the Lord, that daily step. <clears throat> why, don't we, why don't we come together here at the front? We'll pray for just a moment. Ask the Lord to lead us, to guide us. He knows exactly what we need at this moment in our life. Not just some future moment, not something we need in the past. But this moment, Lord. What do you have for me?